Welcome back to the Pool Pro Podcast. Do you know how to handle electrical issues on the job beyond your comfort level? On this pre-COVID episode, Pentair sales rep Chris Barstow sits down with Dave Rockwell. He also gives tips on how to handle warranties on pool equipment. Stay tuned for a great episode of the Pool Pro Podcast. Today we have the special privilege of talking to one of my favorite people in the industry, Chris Barstow with Pentair Pool Products. Um, Chris, first of all, I'd like to uh, maybe give the people a, a bit of your background. Where where did you come from? And Wow, that's a big question. Um, so I started uh, doing electrical work um, when I was in high school. Got my contractor's license in about 95, 96. Um, I was doing electrical work then uh, as part-time. I worked for the city of Riverbank climbing power poles full-time. Oh, wow. And um, my kids started hanging out with these other kids and the dad was a pool guy. He came to me in 96, 97, said this is called a uh, Jandy system. I want to start installing it, figure it out. So I had lamp cords running all over the house and <laughs> upset the wife pretty good and just had a, a big mess and got into it, uh, figured it out, had some help from a couple key key individuals and then um, from that point, it was doing residential, commercial, electrical, and doing installs for pool builders. Okay. I put up um, signs up at the wholesale houses for motor repair, light replacement, uh, anything electrical to do with the pool, and uh, that just kind of took off. And I started doing uh, installs um, with this builder in the San Gabriel Valley, and him and I uh, started a business way back when, and. It was just focused on pools. And so I learned the industry then, learned all about pools, how to build them structurally, plumbing wise. And then from there, I uh, got hooked up with um, doing warranty for one of the manufacturers. And this was before the, the big three all started buying everybody. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was doing warranty for um, all five Pentair, JD, Hayward, Goldline, and Stay Right. And then they all bought each other up. So then I had the big three. Uh, I started my own business called CB Electrical. Mm-hmm. And I did that for about, uh, and I had warranty for all the big three and I was doing that for probably about 21 years, 22 years. And um, I would go all the training seminars and everything and just got to know all the reps. And then a job opening became available within Pentair and um, I went ahead and took it. And mm-hmm. so I sold my business and um, and now I'm sales with Pintair. So that's the, that's a kind of a neat road that you travel too. Again, you don't have to start out. You don't have to end up in the business where you started out. There's, right. there's opportunities everywhere you look. One of the things I, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about is uh, when you were doing the electrical, you, you got into the right end when the automation boom, when, when people were going from the standard time clock and turning right. valves by hand to Hey man, every pool needs this. You just push a button and, and everything works. Right. Um, but for someone who is not an electrician, who who doesn't um, have the background that you have, uh, you've probably seen a lot of just regular pool guys get in over their head. Yes. And so, um, what would your advice be to somebody who's just starting to? become aware of that, uh, of electrical systems and repairs, um, where should they draw the line on 
what they should touch and what they shouldn't. Well, when it comes to electricity, you really got to be careful with it. It's what your comfort level is. And if you're not comfortable with, you know, even you're, you're scared about plugging in a, a, a hairdryer into your outlet at your house or flipping on a light switch where you think you're going to get shocked. Um, if you're nervous about that, you should really think about getting somebody out there who um, you can actually learn from who's willing to take the time to explain it out to you on what to look for. Uh, what to be careful of, what you can touch, what you can't touch, uh, what can kill you, what can't kill you. Yeah, or um, what can kill your customer. Or what can kill your customer. Yeah. Um, you know, you've, we've all been to the time clocks that don't have the little plastic covering the screws, you know, and if guys are being very gingerly sticking their hand in there to flip the time clock on, that's kind of a, a key that you should find somebody who's willing to teach you what you should or should not touch and what is safe and what is not safe for your customer. And, and a lot of times existing systems are not always what they seem. You don't know who, who put that in and what they knew when they put it in. Correct. Uh, there was a member of the Carlsbad IPSA that just got severely electrocuted. Nice. He thought he had all the power turned off, but there, there was something about the way that system was wired that the power was back feeding and he put a pair of un, uninsulated pliers onto a, onto a wire and he couldn't let go. Yeah. I mean, it shot, burned all the way up to his elbow. Yeah. So there's serious injuries that can can happen. And even if you think you know, there, <laughs> there's surprises out there for you. So definitely in the early going, uh, it, uh, I'm I'm a firm believer that you you get somebody that can show you the way. And, exactly. And especially if, if you don't know the codes, if you're not up to date on that, if you're not kind of a student of that, mm-hmm. don't play electrician. <laughs> Hire one. Exactly. And, but there's some amazing testers out there that you can um, just get close to the wire. And if it beeps, then you know it has voltage. And it can, it can go down to a very low voltage reading that it'll give you the warning. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a good tool to right. have. Um, but yeah, you got to know your comfort level and, and, and know what you're testing. And that's yeah. why I was saying if you find somebody who can take the time to explain this is what you need to look yeah, for. That's that's super important. Uh, I was talking earlier with Ron Newman about uh, the training seminars that you guys offer. Uh, what a great place to to meet people like that to to expand your uh, your pool of resources and get to know people who are able to help you like that, and to get to know your Pentair sales rep because if if you don't know somebody, chances are he will. Right. And so you you guys are. You, you're, you have a vested interest in wanting to make sure your product gets installed properly. Exactly. And so uh, I've always I've seen it myself through all the years uh, that the Pentair sales reps are very uh, open and willing to help you right. find the right way to get that installed correctly. That's the big thing. When I started out going to all these seminars, uh, back in the old days, you would go into a conference room at a, or a ballroom at a hotel and you'd sit through two days of whatever they the instructor wanted to teach you um and you really became uh what's the word i'm looking for you really became a pawn just sitting there waiting for what you really wanted to learn to come up yeah in the new format um there's specific items you can take specific classes Mm -hmm. and if there's classes that you don't need or feel as though you want to go to uh, the sales guys and a lot of the guys are out handling phone calls in the hallway during yeah. the, the class time. 
And so I would find myself out talking to them and introducing myself. Yeah. And uh, I really got to know quite a few people within the manufacturers. Um, and I wasn't afraid to ask for their phone number because, like you said, it's 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 a place that you can get to know your reps. Yeah. Um, and I was, you know, never afraid to ask for their phone number because I never know when I might need their their info, their info, their input into something that I might be stuck on when I'm on a job. And there's a real value to having them know you. Right. right? Oh, and they when the phone rings, if it's a number they don't recognize, they they don't know your level of expertise. They don't know maybe what they're dealing with. But if they if you have that relationship with them, you can get a higher and higher quality of of help and information out of them. Correct. So <clears throat> now you were a warranty station for a number of manufacturers for how long? About 22 years. Yeah. So I, I'd like to know a little bit more about that because um, I know there's there's got to be some frustrations on, on your end um, dealing with us when we're, we're under a lot of stress and trying to explain why things don't work and what we're going to do to make them work. Um, there, There's also got to be some frustration on, on your end when uh, you, you need to be conscious of your time and that you're spending it the right way. And so what are some things that a, that a pool person can do uh, to prepare for the warranty call, to, to file a warranty claim, to help the customer? Um, what, what advice can you give us there? So in the beginning, the, the, the first part of that question, the, the biggest thing that someone can do, especially a pool guy or a pool builder, is um, don't rely on the warranty station to be your service manager, the, the, the project manager, the one that goes out to see uh, what's going on. Um, when I was doing warranty, I had a number of phone calls from builders that would call and say, hey, my pump's not working. Um, and so you'd go out to the job and find out that the breaker was off, not in the tripped position, it was in the off position. Um, so then you go out, you flip the breaker, you do an amp check and a meter check on it, to make sure that it's within where it's supposed to be. And you turn around and walk away and you're just like, this just wasted a ton of time. Who do I bill for that? Yeah. Um, is that a manufacturer's problem? Nope. No. Is it the homeowner's problem? Nope. It's normally the pool guy or the builder's problem to where as a warranty station, you have to then bill somebody because time's not free, gas, overhead, everything of running your own business. When I got into this business, uh, I'm in business to make money, not friends. Yeah. And so if I'm going out to someone's job, I need to see that the basics are taken care of, the breakers off. If the gas was on for the heater. Uh, quick story, I got a call from one of the sales rep and said, hey, uh, one of my customers just called. He's just installed this heater and he's trying to get paid and the customer won't pay him until it works and the heater's not working. You need to drop what you're doing and go out there. So... I was on the other side of town, dropped what I was doing, went over there, looked, yes. Water going in and out of the heater, had great flow, filter wasn't dirty. Electricity, the, the board lit up on the heater, looked over to see if the gas was on and the gas pipe was coming out of the ground with a cap on it. It was just capped. And so it's like, that is the biggest frustration of, right. of the pool guy or builder making sure that everything is how it should be to begin right. with. Salt levels in pool. Salt system's not working. Conditioner level's low or there's not enough salt in the water. So you go out there and it's not a manufacturer's issue. 
but they want it to be yeah. and it, it becomes difficult right it's a fine line because you want to take care of the customer you want to make sure your your customer being the pool guy or the builder that they're getting taken care of because bottom line is as a warranty station they're your employer right because they're the one who keeps sending you work i imagine you can sort of understand if that happens once but if it's a repetitive thing that um that that's uh it speaks to a person's level of professionalism when you're starting up a pool uh it, whether you're the builder who takes responsibility for it yourself or if you hire it out to a pool service mm -hmm. it's that it's your responsibility to make sure that an automation system is programmed po properly that that the circuits are named right and that things come on and turn on and off when right. they're supposed to uh simple things that the gas is connected preferably check the gas pressure mm -hmm. test fire the heater right. with a manometer there there's uh you know tools that you should have as a startup person a, a multimeter a, a manometer correct uh, what else can you well think of? those are the two big ones a yeah. lot of people when they go and install a heater the number one thing to do is is do a gas check make sure you have enough volume of gas feeding that heater if you're pulling out an old millivolt heater and you're putting in a master temp 400 and you just swap it out plumb plumb and gas and then turn it on make sure it fires and walk away you can have a problem six months down the road with the heater sooting up because it's not getting the proper air fuel mixture if it even has enough gas to fire initially exactly and, and that's always and see these are things that really should be checked while you're selling the heater before you even begin to Correct. take the old one out and put the new one in look for things like galvanized lines in the ground correct because they're restrictive gas shutoff valves are, yeah. are important too that's yeah. a big thing Make gas sure size gas meter is the proper size. gas meter sizing is huge the offset coming off the top of the meter is not half inch then going up to a you know three quarter then a one inch then finally to an inch and a quarter or two inch going to the equipment pad yeah you're you're going to be starving your heater for gas and that's yeah. that's always an issue too and that's where a frustration comes on a uh, warranty station or a service tech side is is that all the uh, checks weren't done the checklist wasn't completed before you called the service guy out right and it, it gets tough at that point yeah so and, and I would assume that um, someone who's on top of things like that who's who's uh, you know and have confidence in that they're confident that they're not giving you false right. alarms and crying wolf um, those are the calls that you like to take care of, yeah. you know, the, the ones where you kind of roll your eyes and go, what's, what's Well, happening? I will say you do get your favorites because you know that when you're going to the job, it's an actual legitimate problem. Yeah. And so if you see something else there, um, you would always go the extra mile. Let's say that the, uh, easy touch wasn't programmed, um, in the most efficient manner that it could be. Uh, I would nine times out of 10 program it to where it would be the best um, that yeah. it can be, yeah. the most efficient with the, the different RPMs or flow rates, um, and to make it easier for the homeowner to use. So I would always go the extra mile for the guys that know that I knew weren't wasting my time. Yeah. Um, but on another downside of my personality is, is that that was pretty much something that I did all the time anyway, because yeah. I took such pride in what I did. Yeah that I wanted to make sure that when I left there, the job was better than what it was when I got there. Right. And that, um, 
I think that's also what makes you a successful repair guy and that has uh, the return business from builders or service guys. Yeah. And that's what you, you mentioned that on one of the jobs you came out to for me was that uh, a service center, a warranty center shouldn't just be a parts changer. Yeah. They, they need to look at a little deeper. Why did this problem happen? Right. What caused it? Sometimes it's immediately evident. Other right. times, not so much. But it, um, to take that time. The other thing I think is, is highly valuable for both you and the service tech is if he meets you there, if he's there while you're doing the repairs. Right. Is anything you see, anything that uh, isn't set up right, you get, he, you have the, the chance to educate him about it. Right. And there may be background information that you need or that would help you. Right. So, so um, pool professionals a lot of times are running from here to there and they're ju just like the warranty station is. But uh, there's a real value to both of you being there at the same time, I think. Absolutely, because not only one, it can help save them time for future problems because now I've taken the time or the warranty station has taken the time to uh, explain what the failure was and what caused it. And so that now the next time something similar like that happens, the service guy or the pool guy can say, oh, I remember this one thing that Chris showed me or yep. you know, the warranty guy showed me that I can check that. Oh yeah, that was it. And now they're off and running and really the, the, the least time you can spend on a stop, the better because you're right. making more money the more stops you make. Yeah. And so to sit there and fiddle with it for an hour or two um, without making a phone call, I think is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. If, if, if you're there, you're spending 10, 15 minutes, you can't figure it out. Your next course of action, in my opinion, is pick up the phone and call somebody. Yeah. Get a hold of your arsenal of, of people that are tools in your back pocket that can yeah. help you. Uh, That's major. I, I've talked to a couple of warranty stations and they <clears throat> one thing I, I really appreciate about them is and you were always this way too, very generous with your time. Yes. If you if you were available, you'd pick up the phone. But you're not tech support. Um, but it gets really easy once you do it. Once you do it, yes. you know, it's like, oh, I'll just call Chris. I don't want to wait through that line of tech yeah. support. You guys could spend all day on the phone and never get anything done yeah. if, if that happens. were to happen. So uh, pool service techs need to respect your time and your energies and to use, use, your, use you as a resource judiciously. Well... Yes and no. And how I feel about it is, is that I'm here for them. And it's, it's a matter of support for the customer uh, and the customer being the pool guy again or the um, pool builder. Mm -hmm. um, because the better that they look to their customer being the homeowner, the more likely they're going to get the referral to do the next job and the next job. Mm -hmm. So if I can help in any way to get somebody out of a backyard faster, I mean... Uh, I answer my phone on Saturdays and Sundays. I answer my phone up to nine o'clock at night. Yeah. Most of the time. Um, I try not to every night before I go to bed, I clear out all my text. I clear out all my voicemails and make sure that I return all correspondences that I can, because you just don't know what's going to happen the next day yeah. with a pool guys. I couldn't finish you up today, ma'am, but I'll be back first thing in the morning. And then they call me as they leave and it could be seven, eight o'clock at night. Yeah. And so you, it's just a matter of support. And that's just maybe how I am, have always been. 
but uh, the bottom line is getting that, that uh, pool guy or builder or service guy out of the backyard as fast as possible. Yeah, I've always appreciated that about Pantera's company uh, is, is the great people that they have and the great support for, for people who sell their products and right. promote them. Well, in preparation, before anybody even picks up the phone to call you for a warranty call, what sh information should we have? What homework should we have done? Well, on all of the equipment, there is a model number and serial number. It's a sticker uh, on all of our equipment. Uh, it's best if you can get that uh, on uh, translated to the warranty uh, station, whoever's answering the phone customer's information and that is important because now we can log uh, the the address for, for problems that have gone on there and see that if there's a history of something specific going on that so you'd want the customer's name phone number so that makes sure we can get access to the property um, uh, what the equipment is what the problem is in great detail and if you can get some sort of uh, proof of purchase or receipt from where you bought it uh, from distribution uh, with that that's a little more difficult down the road it can be yeah because if it, if the builder sold it and you're the right. service guy working on it that can be a little tough but that's yeah. not a, a it's not absolute impossible. it's not an absolute either yeah. um, and the builder who built it who yeah. installed it right um, and the install date and yeah. if you don't have the install date um, what works sometimes is the uh, final from the city Right. And that's gonna that's gonna pretty much tell you when how long the system's roughly been installed. Yeah, uh, all that information is on that, that tag, the serial number and model number. The thing that I did get a few times is, uh, uh, oh yeah, it's the pink house on the corner with the white fence. <laughs> oh wait, and let me guess, there's a pool in the backyard with water in it, right? Oh yeah, yeah, I've been there before. I mean, you're just like, I need I need you to help me help you right. to get to the job to get what we need. So yes all the pertinent information as much as possible and if we need to a contact number to get you so that if there's a problem with yeah. an install or something um uh, the warranty stations aren't you know throwing you under the bus right so you don't talk to the, directly to we the customer and say it wasn't directly yeah, yeah. that's that's We'd another deal with the pool guy another great reason for you to be there when the exactly. when the warranty station is now there also is an opportunity with um, the pentair website when you first install the equipment or when you first start up a pool, mm -hmm. you can register it. Correct. And what's the value in that? Oh, it's huge because now that's going to help take away the need for a proof of purchase if you're calling into the 800 number because um, they're going to have that on file already. Uh, back in the day, you used to get the little blue cards in the boxes and it, you filled out all that information. And when I was installing, I would fill that out for them and give them a receipt, you know, photocopy the receipt, fold it up, close it and send it off, self-addressed stamped envelope, it's already gone. Now it's, you go to pantera.com and you register your product. Yeah. Um, lot of people now, a lot of uh, builders and service guys that are installing stuff are doing it for their customer. Yeah. Because that's gonna save them a headache down the road, a year or two down the road when the customer calls and says, hey, my heater's not working. Uh, well, I'm gonna need proof of purchase. Did yeah. you register it, you know? And that way, the service guys or the installers are, are turning in that information. Yeah, you know, I would have to say I, I do startups for a, a few different high-end builders around Southern California area. I'm not 100% mm -hmm. perfect at it, but 
more times than that. I'll, and it's really simple. You just, all you can do, you can literally go around with your phone, take pictures of those labels. Exactly. And all you got to do when you enter that serial number, it populates exactly what the piece of equipment is. And, and uh, exactly. it's a really simple process. It's mm -hmm. just a matter of entering the, uh, the homeowner's information. It is a little bit difficult sometimes if you're not the installer to find that right. invoice. Exactly. Um, but even still, I, th I, would, I would think if you don't get that, you're still that much ahead of the game. Right. Um, so that I, I'm... That's something I've seen that I'm a, becoming a firm believer in. Yeah. As it just far saves as time. Guys out. Yeah. And it saves headaches. So it, it's, it's. Anything that helps you helps us. Exactly. And vice versa. Exactly. Um, now, another thing, you, you have some uh, great apps and troubleshooting tools. Um, so before you generate that warranty call, um, the, the, the heater app is especially the. Yeah. The, the, uh, you're talking about Maxi the uh, TechSmart. TechSmart, yes. yes. Um, that's just terrific stuff. Yeah. Is it, the very first thing, is it, is it a square box or is it a R2-D2? Exactly. Maxitherm yeah. Maxi or a master temp. Yes. And it shows the picture right on there. Yeah. And you can just actually touch the one you, that you want to, that you're working on. Yeah. And it it walks you through that. And, and I have um, referred that to a lot of customers that, yeah they have now been able to fix the problem, get the customer up and running, make yeah. them look like the superstar. Right. Because now they don't have to do a secondary call to get somebody else in. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people are, are... And sometimes it's a day or two before you can get out there. And right. So it's, if you can solve it right there on the spot, right. you know, it's huge for the, for the homeowner. A lot of people are, are reluctant to let new people enter their property. So with that TechSmart app, you have right there, you actually have a repair manual right in front of you that spells it out and you just push the buttons. Check for voltage here. Do you have 24 volts or don't you? If you do, hit yes. If you don't, hit no, and it takes you on to the next page. So it is very, very... Or just the two red lights. Is it service heater, service system? Service heater may end up being a warranty call. Service system, maybe not so much. Correct. Check some other things first. Correct. So it, it, the TechSmart app is huge. Yeah. Um, there is one for an easy touch, and there's one for the IntelliCenter. They are in different stages of... Uh, being put together those two um i haven't checked the those two lately um to see what stage they're in if they're complete or not but i know that the uh the master temp maxi therm is working it's it's yeah it's helped a lot that. of people out i've used that for a couple of years and i yeah. can't say enough good things about it if you have uh that app installed on your phone it has to be deleted and renewed every year and so that's something definitely that you need to uh, uh look into yeah Good to know. Now, there's a whole other aspect that we're not going to have time to talk about today, unfortunately, but you are a barbecue pit master. I wouldn't go that far, but I do enjoy barbecuing and it is a hobby of mine. Um, I have a number of uh, barbecue items, which uh, it's actually maybe a problem that I have that I'm maybe seeking medical help. For. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> so. So that we'll talk offline about that. But thank you very much for your time. This thank was you, enlightening. This is, this I hope it, uh, I hope it helps people on both sides of the, uh, the table here. And uh, can't say, can't thank you enough. No problem. Thank you for having me. A new voice in the industry, a resource for all, education for you. This is Pool Pro Podcast. Build relationships and share important news as we get ready for our next backyard adventure. Pool Pro Podcast. Backyard adventures are better together.
please take a moment to share, like, and review our content with all of those that would be interested.